You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here's today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. So Adventure Club and Youth Group is starting this Wednesday, so pray and bring and invite people. I was thinking the Adventure Club, one reason to do it is because it's a place where your kids can invite their friends to hear about Jesus. So, I mean, you might like do great devotions with your kids and are always, you know, teaching them about Jesus and everything like that. But this is an opportunity for them to be involved with other kids and even maybe during the discussion time share some spiritual insight that they have and to encourage others. And it is a community outreach, not just a church program. So uh, pray and bring kids to that. That would be awesome. I see that you guys, you've been giving out Bibles. I ordered another case and a new stamp to stamp them. We're going through Bibles, which is great. So I'm assuming I'm giving some out, but they're disappearing quickly. So my guess is that you're giving them out too, and that is awesome because that is seed that is being planted around us to make a difference. Also, for Right Now Media, uh, before we needed your email address, now you can just go to the website. On the top of it, it says something about Right Now. If you just click on that, there's a place that whoever you want to have access to it can just click on it, put in their email address. It says, are you connected to River Rock Church? You know, just tell them, yeah, you're connected to River Rock Church because I told you that you could enter or get access. And then they can have access to Right Now Media. They can go sign themselves up. So it's very easy to do. All right, we're going to talk about kids today. We're going to talk about bringing hope to all the children. So it just so happens that we're talking about kids on the day, on the Sunday before all the kids ministry stuff starts. So hope. Everybody needs hope. Kids matter to God, and we're going to see that. But watch this video clip. You're tough. You're ready. You've had your diaper changed, your bottom wiped, your boo-boos kissed, your food mushed up and spooned into your cute little mouth. You've been burnt, pacified, and rocked to sleep. You know every farm animal and the sound they make. You understand that the wheels on the bus go round and round. When nature calls, you've been trained how to answer. You are ready. You've experienced the horror of realizing you followed the wrong set of legs in the supermarket. You look both ways before you cross the street. You've banged your head on the coffee table. You've had your skin knees, your black eyes, and your busted lips. Green eggs and ham, the golden rule. God is great. God is good. You know these things. You've been grounded, timed out, curfewed, defoned, and disciplined. And now it's time. You've learned to close the door, but don't slam it. You say please and thank you. You don't hit your sister. You've heard the same nuggets of wisdom over and over. Life isn't what happens to you, but how you react to it. Cheaters never prosper. When I was your age, I had a full-time job. You've checked the math, and two wrongs really don't make a right. You survived that really awkward talk about the birds and the bees. You'd never admit it, but you even learned a thing or two. You've been confronted when you were slacking. You've been expected to live up to your potential. You've heard those same old stories again and again. The ones about character, integrity, purpose, doing things the right way, faith and family first. You've learned to finish what you start. You've seen that this family doesn't take shortcuts, and we certainly don't just live for ourselves. You've bagged groceries when your friends were on summer vacation. You built orphanages in the Dominican when your friends were just there for the beach. You've been dragged to church, even those years when you didn't see the point, when it wasn't cool. No dust ever settled on this bad boy. That thing's been cracked time and time again, until it's gotten in. And now you're leaving, spreading your wings. You're going out on your own. And everything you've been taught is going with you. 
Oh, you couldn't write it all down on the spot. You couldn't list it out with pen and paper. But it's in there, rattling around inside that brain, waiting for the moment when you need it most. Because, by the grace of God, we've been putting it there since the day you were born, by what we've said and what we've done. That's why you're finally ready. Because you're homemade. All right, so what you just saw in the video is kind of the goal that every parent has and what the church has for kids and uh, the hope that kids will be fully prepared to be adults. So when we parent, we are trying to prepare those little babies to become God-loving, world-changing adults that bring us great joy and blessing that at the right time move out and take care of themselves and maybe even hopefully when they're older and we're older, maybe even take care of us. I mean, wouldn't that be great? And what if your children, as they grow up, treat you and care for you in the same way you treated and cared for them when they were young? So payback is when you're old and you need your diaper changed. How kind are they going to be to you? But really, this message isn't about our kids or about you know, Christian parenting, because I mean, this church is really full of some great parents. We have great kids' ministry, and we have great kids. I mean, our Bible quizzing program makes a difference in kids' lives. And when I look around at the people that were standing during the prayer time to be involved, that are involved in kids' ministry, some of them have kids in the program, and some of them don't. A lot of them don't have kids. Your junior and senior high leaders do not have children or or teens in the program. They are coming back to serve, even though there's not their kids to make a difference in the world. And we need to make a difference in the world. And God loves children, and Jesus values children, and we need to bring hope to children. So I want to talk about three ways that we can do that, and then show you some stuff from Melissa McDonald, who is in charge of children's ministry for the group. We're part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. So we've got a video clip from her. She also has a book that I'll quote from towards the end her book, Missing an Urgent Call for the Church to Rescue Kids. I actually downloaded that off of uh, Kindle and read it. It was like $5.99. Good book. But to value children, to bring hope to children, to take the opportunity that you have to make a difference in children's lives. Sometimes there's little children running around you and you totally miss out on the opportunity that you have. Sometimes you look for opportunity to be involved in kids' lives, and that is awesome. Let's look at the disciples. Jesus is teaching, and he had just talked about divorce, and there's crowds around, and the disciples are probably tired, and Jesus is constantly you know, being bombarded by people and questions and everything. And so then some parents come along, and I'll read it, Mark 10, verses 13 to 16. One day, So you got the scenario, right, though? It's busy. Jesus has been teaching. The disciples are, like, trying to protect Jesus from more work, trying to prioritize. Men kind of dominated the society at the time, and then women and children were were second on the list. So they were probably trying to do the right thing, you know, thinking that Jesus is too important for these children. But here's how it goes. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. So that was actually common for parents to bring their children to rabbis at that time so that the children could be touched and blessed, and that was a common thing to do. So some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. 
So the disciples are telling the parents, Jesus is too busy. No, no, no children right now. No, you just, no, he doesn't have time for this. Don't you see he's teaching some really important stuff? He's not really interested in your children. No, stop bringing your children to Jesus. If you look in the Greek, it was a constant kind of uh, rebuking the disciples were doing. They're like, stop. No, really, stop. No, leave. Go away. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. I believe this is the only part of the Bible where we see that Jesus was literally angry with his disciples. But he was angry with his disciples and he said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. Don't hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. So Jesus was doing important teaching. Jesus was making a difference talking to the adults, but he also valued the children. He valued and cared for the children and wanted the children to come to him and wanted to bless the children and wanted to have that interaction because Jesus knew that children mattered, that children make a difference. Now, in our church, I think we value all children. I can't imagine any of you, you know, turning any kid away. Matter of fact, I love it in this church that when we've got a kid that's making a ton of noise, that you don't get all upset, that you don't go, you need to, you know, sometimes churches have ushers or sometimes they're called hushers, but their job is to run around and silence the screaming babies and tell the parents that they need to go to the cry room or something like that. And we don't really have a cry room, but you just endure because you're just happy that the parents and the kids are here. And then some of you volunteer to do nursery and to do children's church, and we need more volunteers for that. But to love children and to care for children and to talk with them and to try to invest with them, and that is such a huge thing. And to encourage parents and to encourage young parents and to encourage the single, unmarried, pregnant moms, teens that sometimes show up. So this church has had a great opportunity in the past and the years we've existed to help with a couple adoptions when we first started. We knew of someone that I knew, I was told of somebody that was going to have a baby, and I knew of a couple in the church that wanted to have children, and so they adopted that child. And and we care about kids. You care about kids. We value kids, and Jesus values kids. So if you want to bring hope to children around you, I mean, don't just think about the church kids, the perfect angelic church kids that never cause any trouble, and then your kids. But think about, just kidding, think about the kids out in the community that don't necessarily have a Christian influence, aren't growing up in a Christian home, aren't hearing things about Christ, don't know any real Christians, think that church is you know, about rules and religion and not for them, and then they come across you and see that you're caring and that you're kind and you talk about Jesus, you talk about your faith in Jesus, you share Christ with them into their lives. It's interesting that there is a battle for the children. The children are influential. The children are our future. And advertisers, advertisers have a goal to get children for life. One marketing professor explains there's only two ways to increase customers. Either you switch them to your brand or you grow them from birth. The president of a chain of children's specialty stores says, quote, all of these people understand something that is very basic and logical, that if you own this child at an early age, you can own this child for years to come. Companies are saying, hey, I want to own the kid younger and younger, unquote. A General Mills executive adds, when it comes to targeting kids, to targeting kid consumers, 
We at General Mills follow the Procter & Gamble model of cradle to grave. We believe in getting them early and having them for life. Finally, the president of a leading ad agency declares, advertising at its best is making pe people feel that without their produce, you're a loser. Kids are very sensitive to that. You open up emotional vulnerabilities, and it's very easy to do that with kids because they're the most emotionally vulnerable. So that was in the book Ordinary by Michael Horton from 2014. It seems like if you get to the kid with the right information first, then they are more likely to make the right choices. So I was at a church down in Iowa, and in the church they had a doctor, a medical doctor, and also a lady that ran the Christian education program that used to go around and do like big rallies to talk about teenage pregnancy and abstinence and things like that. And those two got together, and they would offer a training program for the church about sexuality. And what they did is first they got together with the parents and said, this is what we're going to teach your kids. And some of the parents were like, really? Is that, what, is that how that works? I didn't know that. They're like, okay, so now we know what you're going to teach our kids, so that's good. So yeah, go ahead and teach that to our kids. We approve. So I don't remember when they first started that. I think it might have first started like at seventh grade, but then the schools were getting there earlier. Then it was like sixth grade. Then it was fifth grade. Then they had to get to the kids by fourth grade. And it kept going down and down because they kept telling the kids in the school about sexuality. But the church wanted to get there first and tell the kids about sexuality. And that's kind of a tough thing to do. I mean, we're not that large of a church that we can get a big group of people together to make that happen. But there are some really great resources on Right Now Media that, you know, talk about what you can tell your kids or even have things that you can watch with your kids to talk to them about a biblical view of sexuality. I mean, that's such an important thing as parents because if you can, do everything that you can to make sure that your child saves themselves for the right person at the right time so that they can have a child at the right time and so that it works out, for, it goes well for them. Now, kids make their own choices, and you could tell them stuff like that all the time, and they might choose to do something else, and then you're there to help pick up the pieces, but do what you can to help train up that child. Jesus valued children, and sometimes we need to rearrange our schedules and value children. Sometimes in our schedules, it's like we're so busy, we're so busy, we're so busy, and now I'm at the end of the parenting thing, so I don't have any more children in my, I have an adult child, but you know, he's working full time now, so I'm not doing that anymore. But I look back and I think about all the missed opportunities. I did take opportunities. Uh, we did right things, but I think of all the things that I could have done. And I think about being a pastor, how many times I put my kids in the holding pattern while I talk to some, we were at the playground, and then I'm talking to some people about church or whatever. My kids are just standing there off in the corner and waiting, waiting, waiting. They kind of got used to it. To prioritize your kids when it's important to see that children or have value. But on the other hand, Jesus valued the children, but he didn't worship the children. And I fear that sometimes parents worship their children. Everything in their life revolves around children. They don't have time for God because they focus on the children and they should put God first and then the children. Some parents try to live vicariously through their kids. It's like, well, you know, I really wanted to be a football star, and I'm going to hope my kid will be that football star. I'm going to, I'm going to live through his challenges and victories, and so you see that a lot. But bring hope to the children when you value them. So when you're out and about, when you have opportunity and there's kids around, take opportunity to be kind to that child, to maybe, if you have opportunity to share in your life uh, what's going on in your life with Christ or what you know about Jesus in an age 
appropriate level. But people need to know that there are Christ followers out there. People need to know that there's people out there that value the Bible and live according to it. You probably don't carry around a big study Bible when you go from place to place, but that Version Bible app, you know, has Bible versions, but it also has a kid's version of the Bible app. Imagine yourself if you're stuck, I don't know where, maybe you're stuck at the airport and your plane is delayed and there happens to be a kid sitting next to you and the parent looks exasperated. So with the parent's permission or whatever, you're like, do you want to watch this? This is a cartoon thing about Jesus. I, I think Jesus is really awesome. He's my superhero. Would you like to watch this? And they can watch like the Bible, kid's Bible app on your phone and that shows value to the kid and they can ask questions and, and whatever. But anyway, so the point is, uh, bring hope to children when you value them. Don't discount them. Don't think they don't matter. Don't think that everything in life is more important than children because children are very important. And Jesus says, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. Do not stop them. And then to believe like a child. I mean, Jesus made it clear, even in Mark 9, Jesus made it clear that we're supposed to have a childlike faith, that we are supposed to believe and trust. Children do that. Children often believe what you tell them without having to verify everything. And when you have faith in Jesus, it's good to know why you believe, but it's also good to trust. To trust that God's Word says it, I believe it, that settles it, that's a good thing. So value to children. Allow them to ask questions and give them good answers. Number one, bring hope to children when you value them. Number two, bring hope to children when you talk with them. When you talk with them. Sometimes we don't know what to say to kids. Uh, sometimes it gets awkward. Sometimes it seems like the kids don't really want to talk to you, but as you talk to them long enough, then sometimes they warm up to you. So have you ever had that before where kids, you're trying to talk to a kid and they're just like, they don't really care. They're like, who are you? With some kids, but that's not true of every kid. Sometimes it seems that way. Of course, then again, maybe they're just afraid of bald, freaky strangers that are trying to talk to them. Stranger danger! I don't know. Kind of big and scary. I don't know if I want to talk to you. So maybe that's it. Bring hope to the children when you talk with them. Deuteronomy chapter 6. God's getting his people ready to come into the promised land. And he is wanting to remind them of all the, commitment, or the commandments that are important. Uh, chapter 6, verse 1. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Verse 4, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as a reminder. Write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. So God is getting the people ready to go into the promised land and he's saying, remember what I told you and teach it to your children. Teach it to your children. Talk about it. Talk about it when you're driving down the road. Talk about it on the way to school. Talk about it on your way to sports. Talk about it when you get up. Talk about me. Talk about the Lord. Talk about before you go to bed. Uh, have times when you talk about the Lord. Let the children ask questions. 
the, the whys and the hows and the why would, why would God want that? Why would God do that? There used to be this thing in the church, never in this church, I hope, but old people used to always say, when kids would ask questions, we don't ask questions, we just believe it. Well, that's not good enough because when, like we watched in the video, when that kid gets out on their own and gets to make their own choices, that we don't ask questions, we just believe it, it's not going to fly. So the kid needs to know why we believe it, why it's the right thing to do, why that's the right choice to make, and have thought it through as a foundational choice of their own. They internalize it as now their choice not to do those things because they were able to ask questions and find answers and say, well, God's Word says this, and God demonstrated that in the life of, well, we'll say David. So David was a man after God's own heart, but he fell into this sin, and it ruined his life. Anyway, talk about things with children. Talk to children. Talk to them about Christ in your life. Be real about it. Caring. Have a friendship, a rapport with kids. Bring hope to children when you talk with them. So many times, kids want to find somebody to talk with to share with, to share stuff that they struggle with or share things that they're going through or share things that they don't understand. And so many times that's true with the kids that aren't growing up in the Christian home or their family's falling apart or there's peer pressure and difficulty at school. Bring hope to children when you talk with them. In Colossians 3.20, it says, Children, always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. And I just really love that verse. And I think that every child should memorize that verse. Always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Now, how old are these children? I think these children are anywhere between birth and still under the roof of your house. So I think that if you are 35 years old and you're still in your parents' house, that you're still considered a child and you need to obey your parents or find another place to live. That's what I say. Anyway, but children, I mean, basically the teenagers are included in here. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Or children, obey your parents in the Lord. But then it says, fathers, which actually, if you look at the Greek word, could be parents, so fathers and mothers. Do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Don't be so harsh on them that they can never get your approval. Don't be so hard on them that they can never live up to your standards or your rules. Don't make it so hard for them that they just give up, that they throw up their hands and say, it's impossible. How can I do this? This person is so hard to please. I don't like this person. And they will rebel against you when the rules are too strict or they don't understand the rules. On the other hand, if you're super permissive and let your kid do whatever they want, they'll rebel against you that way too because they don't think that you care. So there is a fine balance, but don't aggravate, don't discourage, don't make it so hard for your children. I mean, you've got to discipline them, but on the other hand, you've got to give them hope. So number three, bring hope to children when you invest in them. When you invest in them. So you invest in them when you bring them to programs where they can learn the Bible. You invest in them if you have means, maybe they're not even your kids, when you make it possible for them to have a Bible. Maybe you buy them a Bible. Uh, maybe you buy them a nice expensive Bible. You invest in them. Maybe you invest in them when you help send them to summer camp or winter camp. Maybe if you have money and means and you know some kids want, wants to go to a good college or even Christian college, uh, and maybe ministry or some career or whatever, that you give them some money for school. Um, I know some people that even paid for, uh, I have a relative that if somebody would go to Bible college, that they would pay for the person uh, to go to Bible college. And so if you've got the means, you can do great things to invest in children. So invest in children with time, invest in children with resources, 
invest in children because they are our future. Psalm 71, I will keep on hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long, I will proclaim your saving power, though I am not skilled with words. I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others the wonderful things that you do. If you didn't know, Psalm 71 is one of my favorite psalms. To live in a world that is so violent, a world that is so difficult. Jeffrey Fro says that an American child who watches three hours of children's television programming a day will see 4,380 good acts in a year, but 15,330 acts of violence in that same time. Strong evidence from research indicates that abundant exposure to violent programming and video games is linked to aggressive attitudes, values, and behaviors. In a broad review of more than 100 studies involving over 130,000 male and female participants from around the world, researchers found that violent video games increase aggressive thoughts, angry feelings, bodily arousal such as heart rate, blood pressure, and aggressive behavior, and that they decrease empathy for others and helping behavior. On the other hand, exposure to pro-social content is linked to good deeds and kindness towards others. So there's actually a ton of good videos on Right Now Media that your kids can watch, that uh, you can set them down in front of. So my four-year-old was really good with the Roku remote watching Bible Man on Right Now Media. So my four-year-old grandson. So let's watch this little video clip from this lady from uh, the Christian and Missionary Alliance Children's Ministry. Here at the Alliance, we are passionate about people and reaching them with the love of Jesus. And we believe that kids are some of God's most precious people. So why is it so important to reach kids? We've known for a number of years that statistically speaking, kids are the most receptive to the gospel. However, if we stop there and we only see kids as a great evangelistic opportunity, meaning we lead them to Christ and that's it, then we miss out on something vital. God has uniquely gifted kids to go deep and to learn about Him without the walls that we as adults so often have. Studies show that by the age of five, a child's lifelong concept of God has been formed. And before the age of 12, kids are their most receptive to God. The window of opportunity to reach kids is now. What if we as a church began to see kids as people? And not just the little people who run around and steal cookies off the fellowship table when they think we're not looking, but people who are desiring God, people who can facilitate change, people who are not the church of tomorrow, but are the church. God has never limited anyone based on their age. Why should the church? I actually think that some adults don't understand us kids. We go through a lot and people still see us as people who need teaching about life and need to pretend like everything's okay. We get a lot more than adults think we know and so I don't think that they should like keep anything from us because we might understand what you're saying. I want to be treated with respect. Ask me what I really think. Talk to me like I can understand. Ask me to pray with you. I'm a member of the body of Christ. I don't have the miniature version of the Holy Spirit. It's comments and it's thoughts like that 
that remind me so often how we as adults overlook kids. And it's really easy to do. We're filming today from Big Sandy Camp up in the northern part of Minnesota. It's one of our Alliance camps and I'm so privileged to be here and be the speaker this week because this is a camp I came to as a kid. And even at the age of seven, God was working in my heart. He was calling me to ministry. He was molding and shaping me and he was breaking my heart for lost people. God is at work in kids. Now it's easy to overlook kids because they're small and you can see over the top of them. And sometimes we think they don't understand a lot or we think they don't get everything. And yet they do. And honestly, I have learned more about the character of God through kids than I have through anyone else. Their questions and their pursuit of Jesus have me drawing closer to Jesus. They cause me to get into the word more rigorously and they constantly are challenging me. And they live out in action in front of me and the rest of us, 1 Timothy 4.12, which is all about not looking down on anyone because they're young, but setting an example for the believers. And that is what kids do. So my challenge to you and to myself is to instead of overlook the little ones, to drop our eyes and to see them as who they are as contributing members of the body of Christ and ask them what they're thinking about God and ask them to pray with us and ask them to speak into us and understand that God is at work in them. And when we overlook them, we miss a piece of what God desires to show us. Turns out that you can export your highlights from Kindle books. But in her book, Missing an Urgent Call for the Church to Rescue Kids, the lady you just saw in the video, she says it's very important to ask questions of kids and let them ask questions of you to empower kids, to pass on faith to kids. Uh, they need adults in their lives who love Jesus. Uh, love for Jesus is the first and most important thing I look for when I'm recruiting people for children's ministry. She talks about the kids that are around today, that fewer than 10% of families in North America have one or more family dinners together per week. 60% of the 18 and under crowd in the cell phone market use smartphones. Kids spend seven hours and 38 minutes on average a day consuming media. By the age of 14, 25% of kids will have been the victim of sexting. 26% of U.S. children live in single-parent homes. Eating disorders have been on the rise for the past three decades and have been increasing more rapidly in boys and ethnic minorities. The largest group of internet pornography consumers is between 12 and 17 years old. 43% of children growing up in America today are being raised without their biological fathers. She says, one thing that is new with this culture of kids is that their attitude towards adults isn't what it used to be. Back in the not-so-long-ago day, kids respected adults and listened to them because they were adults. It's kind of a given. This generation of kids is completely different. They don't care who you are. They will not listen to you or respect you until they know you. It's based on relationship and connection. So they're saying this, I don't respect you till I trust you, and I don't trust you until I know you. If you want kids to listen to you, you have to share of yourself. Gone are the days where kids respected adults simply because they are elders. So she said, I've been in church after church where I see kids dying for someone to be open with them, desperately searching for someone safe enough to talk about real life stuff. So we must not underestimate how God can and is going to use kids in the lives of other kids. So you look at that and you're like, okay, that's kind of scary. I want to reach kids, but now you're telling me that they might not even like me. And that's possible, but you just need to let them warm up to you. 
in the New Believers New Testament on page 143, it talks about sharing your faith and being open to God's leading. And I printed that in your bulletin on the back page there. And it talks about uh, how to be used by God. It talks about Philip. He was led by the Holy Spirit. Philip obeyed God's leading. Philip knew Scripture. And then it says, the same God who led Philip in his evangelistic work also wants to direct your steps. You might start each day with a prayer like the prophet Isaiah, Lord, I'll go, send me from Isaiah 6.8. Remember, God is not looking so much for a person's ability as his or her availability. God is not looking for strong people to be his witnesses so much as he is looking for people through whom he can show his strength. And what if when you have opportunity to invest in children, you pray that prayer? Say, God, here I am. I'm available. Let me know what I should say or what question I can ask or help me to be a good listener. Help me to be encouraging. Help me to share the right thing. Be open to God's leading. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you have blessed many people in this church with children. Lord, for those that don't have children, we thank you that there are children around. And we thank you that we have an opportunity to reach out to and minister to children of all ages. Lord, we pray that we would value them like you do, Jesus, that we would help them come to you, that we would share resources, that we would share right now media, that we would share Bibles, that we would share of ourselves, that we would be ready to listen and to encourage, Lord, that we would be an encouragement to parents, to single parents, to struggling parents, to parents that are at work all the time, to kids that are in the neighborhood, to kids that are on our kids' sports team or around, Lord, that we would be able to be effective ambassadors of Christ to children. Lord, we pray that you would do this through the power of your Spirit and that many children's lives would be changed. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And remember that if we pray that prayer that, God, would you please use me, he is faithful, he will. Thanks for listening. It would be great if you would let us know how you were encouraged by this message. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find more messages to listen to, and get resources to help you grow in your faith at riverrockchurch.com.